twin hi <laughs> welcome to honey do me we dress the same so you couldn't tell us apart <laughs> so i'll help you out i'm emma and i'm cass <laughs> and this is honey do me podcast yes you took the words right out of my mouth <laughs> sucked them right in um <laughs> and that's what this uh podcast is about sucking blowing blowing kissing fucking <laughs> relationship loving yeah yeah it absolutely is do you want to know an update that has absolutely nothing to do with our episode today? Yes, those are the only kind I'm accepting right now. Okay. I signed up for a fun little thing in summer. I'm going to do a triathlon in June. Oh my God. Yes, I'm very excited. I love that for you. Thank you. How long is that? Um, I mean, it cha- it's, it has different levels of what you can do. I'm so doing, you're doing an Ironman? I'm doing the Ironman um, <laughs> and we're going to fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Ironman is just running. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. Don't quote me. Don't. Um, I'm doing like the sprint course. So I'm going to okay. swim a half mile, bike 12 miles, and run a 5K. What inspired you to just get, get it out on? there? Well, I've already done one before. Oh. I was 10. Baby Emma. <laughs> yes. I think we've seen the images. Maybe not on here, but there are images circulating in my family. Okay. Uh, well, uh, maybe we'll post them on Instagram. Perhaps. Just to share. I was in my mom's clothes because uh, I didn't have any Yeah, I can see here. it now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but my coworker, who's like super athletic and super outdoorsy and fun, mm-hmm. um, she said that she was considering it. And I was like, fuck yeah, I would do something like that. And it's leading up to my sister's wedding. So I could like uh, okay. be training and getting in shape for yeah. feeling like really good. Yeah. And I'm super excited. That's amazing. I know. I'm It'll so really happy fun. for you. Thank you. And we're swimming in open water. Like it's a lake. It's not a pool. We're doing, We're, yeah. Um, it's just out. <laughs> it's out there. It's out, out in the world. Uh, just like Erie across the Atlantic yeah. Ocean. <laughs> I'm flying out to the Great Lakes, and ah, uh, that's where I just figured. Swim a half mile <laughs> in one of the Great Lakes. <laughs> I mean, to each really their just own, walking right? across the shore. <laughs> yeah. Wading through water. Wading through water. So. Well, that's amazing. I'm not doing. Thank you. That. That's okay. Are you doing anything else threefold? <laughs> I will share this. This is not advice. This is not me telling people to do this. Okay. And this is the weirdest update. Um, I always use a condom when I have sex with my partner. Changing always. topics. Uh-huh. But I didn't the Did other it? day. Okay. It was like the first time in ever. Wow. Just yeah. because or you forgot? I just or great yeah i'm i'm at a part in my cycle where i'm like i that should be fine this sounds (laughs) fine this is a good idea worst case i have options worst case i'm i'm married i'm i'm fine (laughs) worst i'm not too busy (laughs) well good for you yeah it was really fun tmi question did you let him finish in you yeah (laughs) bold move cotton (laughs) bold move Honestly, respect. <laughs> you trust your body so much. You can take this next part out because I'm about to share stuff about you. What? <laughs> well, when we were talking through it, because it was like don't think of me in the middle of, of your no. sex. <laughs> I used you as an excuse. <laughs> um, 
I was like, well, I know that Emma had unprotected sex a couple of times before she got her IUD in. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, so I think it's fine. I absolutely did. I absolutely So did. you're my inspiration. To be and- fair, I didn't let them come in me, but <laughs> we didn't need to get into the specifics. But yes, I did. And yeah. it's just better. <laughs> I know. Okay. It's if just more children fun. are listening. <clears throat> You shouldn't be, for one. <laughs> I don't know. They Two. should know the truth. <laughs> Why does it feel better? It's better without condoms. Why? Don't, Why? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure this is the worst thing that we can be it's saying a bad commercial on a for sex, sex education podcast. I mean, I'm letting you know. You guys need to be fully informed. Yes, there's options for protecting yourself during sex. Mm-hmm. It's more fun without condoms. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is a time and place for condoms. I am not a birth control girly right now. Right. Um, so condoms are my weapon of choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, choose your fighter. Choose your fighter. Mm-hmm. The staff <laughs> must be covered. <laughs> um, but it's a different experience. The sword and the sheath. <laughs> <laughs> it's my sheath of choice. <laughs> that or a Ziploc. <laughs> I love the word sheath. Well... That's amazing. Um, so yeah, I had sex without a condom. And oh, it good was on you. Different. And it was good. And I will be using condoms again <laughs> in 2024. <laughs> Here's your condoms in 2024. Hey, rock on, sister. Yeah. Um, oh my god, that's so funny. I think I'm gonna try and do more of the. Like natural cycles is the only name mm. I can think of, but what is the it called? Temperature one. Yeah, I don't uh, know. Fertility awareness method. Gotcha. Um, but in F-A-M. order to do that, I, we talked to um, Dr. Lincoln about it. Yeah, I would want to get one of those like Aura rings so mm-hmm. that it took my temperature for me. Bitches are expensive. Yeah, I know. Shout out to Aura. But if it's an investment in having unprotected sex, <laughs> I'll do it. I can't I really do think anything. of a better investment. Do not have to wear a condom. I will say my husband is committed to us getting that ring. <laughs> So he has great reviews as well. Great reviews. <laughs> um, oh but use, a con- use condoms, kids. Or use your birth control method of choice. Just so you know, I was made with the pullout method. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your PSA. Yeah, so <laughs> come in, you, come on, you. <laughs> Whatever. They're going <laughs> to... Or don't let them. I don't know. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Again, not advice. Uh, but you know who has amazing advice? Whom? Victoria Albina. Oh, absolutely. She does. Just the love of our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had Victoria on a couple of times before, life-changing episodes, Mm -hmm. quite literally talking about uh, codependency, a.k.a. emotional outsourcing, friends and sex. Um, Mm -hmm. She is a nurse practitioner, master's in public health, like somatic body worker, coach, like Mm -hmm. all of these different things that in the end just translate into... Right. I'm going to fuck you up when it comes to your <laughs> Emotionally in a good way. Um, and then you're going to thank me yeah. after. Absolutely. So. Um, we wanted to tackle love uh, love languages. <laughs> we wanted to tackle love. <laughs> love, Not kind yet. of. That's next month. <laughs> we wanted to tackle attachment styles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this. she was the only person that I could think of that mm-hmm. we could go to about this that would bring this like kind of complicated down to a very digestible level. Mm-hmm. Um and she just does, breaks it down really easy, but also walks you through what like anxious and avoidant looks like, what mm-hmm. a stable or secure attachment can look like. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's just mind blowing, man. Yeah, we'll get into where they come from, how you how you where adopt do they come yours? from, where do they go, <laughs> where do they come from. Um, we get into that. We get into like what is literally happening in your body, mm-hmm. all, all that good. How good, to have good. like what your relationship would look like in each yeah. style. What your goal is if you're someone who if you know you have an anxious style or your mm-hmm. partner does. What's the goal there? Can you see just... if you can guess Emma and I's, and then on the other side, see if you can guess. <laughs> it's we'll it'll tell really ya. shock you. <laughs> okay, all right. See Bye. on the other side. Bye. <laughs> we want to go over attachment styles with you because mm. not only do you make the complex things more simple in our brain, but you just help bring so much grace to things. Mm-hmm. That feel hard. So mm. let's start with just defining what the attachment styles are, um, basically. Yeah. So as children, we learn about the world, right? We show up not really knowing what's safe, what's not safe, and our nervous systems need to figure it out, right? So that they can set the parameters, the boundaries, the limits. So we know how to behave, who to be, how to show up, so that we can get what humans need most, which is a sense of significance and connection. So those are the two main drivers in the human psyche, right? In our subconscious. Do I matter and why? And what will keep me safe? So if we think back to the evolutionary savanna of life, when the marauders come, when the lions come, we need to know that our tiny bodies will be picked up and put on a hip and someone will run out of the village up into the mountains with us to keep us safe right? Significance and connection. And so we learn in childhood who is safe and who is not, and who we need to be, how we need to show up in order to feel secure in that safety. And so the goal for the human psyche is safety, right? Is secure connection, secure attachment, meaning we can Velcro onto our caregivers They will Velcro back in a way that is interdependent, that is based in mutuality, reciprocity, respect, connection, safety. And that is the root of attachment, is learning who we can Velcro to and uh, who we probably shouldn't. The problem is when the who we shouldn't is your primary caregiver, things get complicated real fast, right? And so that's when we develop and let's stick to the sort of two basic branches of insecure connection because there's lots of of sort of subreddits and like, let's TLDR this Mm -hmm. too, (laughs) right? Uh See, making the complicated simple. Yeah. (laughs) Why not, right? What else are we doing? So um, yeah, it's, it's really these two branches of anxious attachment and avoid an attachment. There's disorganized, there's complexity, there's variations. Mm-hmm. Keeping it simple, you're either anxiously attached. Will my caregiver come back? Will they love me? Will they be, am I okay? What, 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 what? what? Sort of a sympathetic nervous system driven attachment system where the sympathetic nervous system is fight or flight, adrenaline, norepinephrine, eventually cortisol. Ah, are you coming back? Am I safe? Right, like think of, any given chihuahua, right? <laughs> <laughs> will, 
Uh-huh. When you come back. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Hi. 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 I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Love me. Make me safe. Mm-hmm. I am just a small chihuahua. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the other is, is avoidant attachment, where let's say a Labrador is secure attachment. Like, I'm here. I know you love me. I'm a Labrador. I'm loyal. You're loyal. We're good. Right? Mm-hmm. And then the avoidant attachment is, I mean, <sighs> I am only safe when there's distance between us. I avoid Velcroing onto others because Velcroing didn't work out so well for me in the past. And so if I let you in or I let myself into your energetic field, I, I'm, not, I'm not trusting this, right? So that's a cat. Avoidant attachment is cats. Mm-hmm. Is I, I just, you can pet me, but I might scratch. Mm-hmm. You can pet me, but I might run away. You can pet me, but I, I'm going to change my mind halfway. Meaning, I'm not going to answer your texts in a timely manner, right? You might say, I love you, and I might say, I really, hanging out with you is pretty okay, <laughs> right? Like, it's all right, but I got to go do cat shit. <laughs> I'm out of here. I might pee on your bed. Maybe. I got to go pee on your bed. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I'll be back, though. I'm late. I'll that. be back, but maybe not. And yeah. You can't really count on me to be back. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely peeing on your bed. <laughs> you can, that's one thing you absolutely can count on. You can count on that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when we live life from either of those insecure attachments, our, there's this tenuousness to all of our relationships. Mm, all. So our attachment styles can bleed out into our friendships, into our work connections, but they predominantly show up in our romantic relationships because that's where our nervous systems are doing something called reenactment. And so reenactment is when our minds, our bodies, our nervous systems, our inner children seek to replicate our early childhood experience with the hope of it turning out differently. And so we live from reenactment until we realize that that's what we're doing and we decide to make different choices right? To move towards secure attachment, healthy Velcroing, Labrador retriever within ourselves. And from there, live that way in connection with others. Wow. The reenacting part, that was a different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was a different feeling in my body. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me about that feeling. What did it feel like to hear that? Um, I, everything you just said, these little memories of me throughout my life have been popping up in my head. Mm -hmm. So when you started talking about the anxious attachment and Mm -hmm. when are you coming back, I still to this day when somebody I love leaves, whether it's Mm -hmm. my mom or my husband, like when they leave the house and I'm not with them, I think about like, are they gonna are they gonna come back? Are they gonna come back alive? And I think about all of the different scenarios that could happen and prevent them from coming back. And then I think about in friendships, like coming home after having like a, an amazing time and then being like, do they still like me? Like, did yeah. I do something wrong? Mm-hmm. Am yeah. I, did I, did I ruin yeah. that? Like, or right. if, you know, we have to have like a more difficult conversation and then I leave that and I'm like, well, guess that's over. Like, mm-hmm. just, it's only like, a, I heard this thing, I think it was probably on TikTok, but it was like, in my head, our friendship is only as secure as our last interaction. Mm-hmm. And I thought mm-hmm. that that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's the last neural track. It's the last neural groove in the neural map, right? So our minds have these maps of, of what the what is, what's safe, what's healthy, what's healthy within the context of our stress, mm-hmm. distress, and trauma, right? But what will keep me alive today? And you're right, the last interactions, the last, the last groove 
right? And so, you know, it's like water will always run downhill and our neural maps, our mind will always go to the last interaction. Mm -hmm. And so what we get to do is bolster that last interaction in the felt safety within. So here's where we bring in embodiment, presence, somatics, right? Where somatics means body-based practices, where we recognize that the mind is a meaning-making machine that will continue to tell stories. That's, that's its job. Nothing's gone wrong there. There's not a problem. That's just its job. And we get to come back to the body to find the truth that lives therein, mm-hmm. right? And the truth is that we can create secure attachment with ourselves and model that for ourselves. And from there bring that to our, to our relating. Mm -hmm. So are there any, I know we're separated into secure and unsecure, but, or insecure, is there any positives to insecure attachments or is the goal always to get to the secure attachment? Hmm. I mean, so I'll say this, there's, I don't ever, there's very little I think of as like actually negative because I really hold it all within this loving framework of protecting our inner children, mm-hmm. right? So I think it's really important, you know, the the way I talk about codependent perfectionist and people-pleasing habits as emotional outsourcing is very deeply purposeful, right? So it's it's always towards the goal of reducing shame and blame and guilt and that story that I'm a fuck up, there's something wrong with me, I'm not doing this right, like where this is life and relating, we're just working from those childhood scripts. And so the positive is that you're keeping your, your inner children safe. Mm-hmm. You're right that it doesn't really serve us to be in anxious or avoid an attachment because it puts a barrier between us and real love, real connection, real safety. Because in anxious, from anxious, you're, you cannot be truly authentic, right? My mentor, Armand Vitton, says the essential human task is to show up in our authenticity and to live from our big open hearts. Right. And you can't do that if you're anxiously attached to someone, because if they like chocolate cake, but you like carrot, you're like, oh, but but we'll have the chocolate because that's what you want. Let's have that. Let's have that. I love it. No, no, it's my favorite chocolate right? Parlay that into sex. And you're like, sure. Yeah. Let's doggy style all night long, but you fucking hate it. And it hurts your cervix, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you're doing it right. Mm -hmm. You're doing whatever it is to try to secure that love, that care, that safety and avoidant. It's it's sort of more obvious in the cat model Mm -hmm. that you're, you're putting this distance between you and what feels risky, which is being fully seen as your most authentic self. Mm -hmm. So they're positive for our sense of safety and our nervous system regulation, but they keep us feeling unsafe and dysregulated. Mm -hmm. Poof. Poof. Yeah. 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 Did you have a question that you're going to go to? Yeah, but if you... No, you go ahead. Okay. Um, Can you talk a little bit about what secure attachment looks and feels like? Mm. God. It feels so good. It feels so good. I feel Sounds like I'm just nice over there. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cozy over here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's really, tr- it's about self-trust. 
in this really powerful way. It's about saying, I trust that I've got my back no matter what. I can show up in my authenticity. I can be me. And I trust that being me is enough to get me love, to get me care, to get me support. And if it doesn't get me that from person A, I'll get it from me. And I'll trust that person B is on their way. So it really feels like this powerful internal hug, right? It's like the most delicious bear hug you've ever gotten, but it comes from inside. And it allows you to say things like, I was with a new date this weekend and she said something and I felt like a, like a zap in my belly, a little catch. And I was able to say, hey, I just, I felt a little avoidant attachment right there. It was like a little anxious and then turn avoidant. And I, I felt like I didn't matter for a second. And then I felt this force inside me that was like, you know what, forget about it. That's fine. I'll just go. I'll just, I'm out of here. And so I was able to say that because I trust that I will have my back regardless of her response. I have me. Mm -hmm. I'm safe because I'm safe with me. Right. Mm -hmm. And in my experience, the more we're able to show up that way for ourselves, the more we're attracting people who say, oh, thank you so much for saying that. You're right. I, the way I said that, I, I hear you that, that that landed the way you're exp- experiencing. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's restore this safe container for us in this moment. Mm-hmm. And so- that's, that's the work of it, right? Mm-hmm is showing up for us, trusting us, and then trusting others and discerning when our trust is not a gift we'll be giving to someone else, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And discerning that. Where discernment is, is, the, uh, is the direction that our intuition gives us. Mm-hmm. Mm. So really beautiful. It really mm-hmm. is. And with your yeah. example... yeah. Are you also saying then that you could have like this secure attachment while still going through phases of feeling anxious and avoidant, but that doesn't mean you don't have secure attachment within yourself? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's an ebb. It's a flow, right? So when we talk about the nervous system, our goal is to be able to sit with what is, right? Eh, The nervous system, life, right? If we Mm want to go a spritz Buddhist here, which like, I'm always in for like a spritz of Buddhism, right? But um, we're able to, to roll with our nervous systems, roll with life, right? And to recognize that we can bring ourselves back to ventral vagal, the safe and social part of the nervous system, which is where secure attachment lives, right? And that it's throughout any given day to stay with the nervous system for a second, we need sympathetic activation. It's not a bad thing. Having a little adrenaline is what, you know, the alarm goes off and you, you get up and you put on your pants and you go put the kettle on and you like have a life, right? And then dorsal, which is the freeze, which both get maligned, particularly in this like hashtag nervous system talk kind of world. They're not bad. Neither is bad. They're, it's a normal ebb and flow. If there was no uh, dorsal, the the extreme of which is freeze, um, then there'd be no shavasana. There'd be no, oh, let's put on a record and just like listen to this music and just be calm and relaxed, but grounded in ventral vagal. Mm-hmm. 
and the safe the same goes for for the for attachment mm-hmm. right i trust that i have really been doing the work to build secure attachment so when anxious or avoidant show up i i can befriend them and treat them as visitors so again, a spritz of Buddhism in the Shambhala tradition, uh, you learn in meditation that when a thought arises, you just label it thinking and let it pass. And so too, when I felt a little anxious, a little avoidant, I got to just label it. Like it's just, it's a passing visitor, right? And in naming it, in befriending it, in recognizing it, I honor it because I honor all feelings, even the ones that like, frankly, because you know me, right? No bullshit, more nonsense. <laughs> this is one of my, my favorite mottos. Because uh, I love great. nonsense. Like, let's be real. I mean, like, I'm here for all assortment of nonsense, but no bullshit. Right. Right? Like, it's just a little nonsense. It's yeah. just my, my brain, my inner children being like, are you being abandoned? Mm-hmm. Protect yourself. But I don't need to protect myself anymore. I just get to honor what is, speak what is, see if it's received or not, right? Make thoughtful choices from how I am received or not mm-hmm. and take care of myself from there. Mm-hmm. And I think that brings us to like a really important point, the difference between self-protection which is like this outward force. It's this outward, like pushing energy that isolates us from the world. Oh, I have to protect myself mm-hmm. versus taking care of ourselves, mm-hmm. which is a flow of energy inward from your heart inward, even deeper of, Hey, I, I shared what was coming up with my attachment. You weren't able to honor it. You weren't able to hold it. So instead of protecting myself from you, I'm going to honor me. I'm going to take care of me. I'm going to soothe me. I'm going to befriend me and my complex human emotions and my inner children and, and, uh, and really just do what is most in service of my heart and my wellness and my authenticity. Mm-hmm. When you're <sighs> describing that, it feels amazing, first of all. Mm-hmm. But really how... Great. How do you know? Like, I think you've mentioned before when we've talked about like intrusive thoughts or something Mm. that like your knowing is quiet and like those intrusive is really loud. So how do you know when you're securely attached to the fact that you're and you're honoring yourself or you're telling yourself, I have this secure attachment, so I'm on a run. But that's like avoidant, Mm. you know, like how do you know when you're there? Such a great question. It is, it's a felt sensation. So it comes back to somatics. It comes back to presence. Um, it, it comes back to feeling into that difference. So this is a thing I do with my clients all the time is getting into, you know, our safer container, getting really present and grounded in our bodies in this really deep and powerful way, and then feeling into the difference, right? So feeling into secure and then mapping that in our bodies really letting that land and and you know what it, it what it is is it's self intimacy mm-hmm. is allowing yourself to get have a really intimate um awareness of and connection with self mm-hmm. 
because from there you can feel the difference, right? You can really feel when, oh, yeah. So the voice that says leave for me, like I'm thinking of, of leaving relationships, that voice is just this, this powerful, solid, rounded knowing and the run is is anxious. The, the run is up here. The run is get out. The the run is the run is it's 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 flittery. It's flighty. Mm-hmm. It's it's not um, it's not solid in my heart. It's not feet on the ground. It's 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 taking to the sky. Mm-hmm. So it really is about spending time to really get to know the different felt sensations in your body. And that can be a meditative practice. That can be a mindfulness practice. Definitely the somatic practices that uh, I do with my clients really bring us back into the body so that, you know, yeah, just, you know, it comes back to tone. So we've talked about this before together, that it's not what you say, it's how you say it, especially in the nervous system, mm-hmm. right? That anxious tone, oof, that, that flat affect, oof, no thank you. Yeah. But the place in between, um, that rounded, that's the voice to listen to. Mm -hmm. And it takes time. It takes patience. It takes practice, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, okay, you ready? Let's nerd. Memory (laughs) consolidation window. What? <laughs> what? What? What are you talking about, weirdo? Well, thanks for asking. Um, this is such a cool nervous system thing. So, in in the approximately five hours after uh, a new procedural memory has been established in the body, right? Meaning you're telling a new story. So, let's say uh, you fear the eight leggeds or the no leggeds. Everybody knows what we're talking mm-hmm. about. We're not going to freak anybody yeah. out, right? Too much <laughs> legs, not enough legs. Too, like, classic human fears. Mm-hmm. So you have a really nice experience with one or the other, and you you create a new memory track in the psyche, in your mind, and in your body that says, that thing's not so bad. In those next approximately five hours, what, if you're able to stay with the felt sensation, right? The bodily somatic experience, that new memory track will consolidate and will become the new water running downhill, the new path of least psychic psyche based uh, resistance. It's your go-to. It becomes your go-to, right? And so we tap in, we get present, we feel into secure attachment. And that's the work of the day is to continue to come back to, okay, oh, it's an hour since coaching. I'm going to pause, feel into secure attachment. So I'll feel into it right now. So two feet on the floor. Oh, so for me in this moment, it's this like weight in my pelvis in like a beautiful way, like this grounding in my sits bone that travels up my spine and is this like, in a, in a beautiful way, like dense, heavy, landed feeling in my chest that lets me know I'm safe, that I'm safe with me, right? And now it's sort of glittering out through my chest and it's filling my back body and it, it feels luscious. It feels expansive. It, it, it connects me with spirit and self. 
So you stay with it. You come back to it, right? You ground into it and you let the memory consolidate and, and rewrite the old neural pathway that said humans dangerous, right? You got to go chihuahua or you got to go t- angry rescue cat, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And you just land in that grounded. I mean, have you ever met a Labrador retriever that doesn't think everyone loves yeah. it all the time? <laughs> like it's just what is, mm-hmm. right? I'm always welcome. I'm always yeah. loved, mm-hmm. right? Come on. Yeah. So you ground into that. And you can go visit from that new consolidated memory and sensation. Go visit the other ones. Pay them, pay them a little visit. Yeah. And, <laughs> right? And, and really welcome them in and befriend them. Because, again, that's the issue. We learn about a thing. Oh, anxious attachment so bad. Avoidant attachment so bad. And then we, we demonize it. Right. right? Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Let's, once again, Buddhist light. Uh, tea with Mara. So... I'm going to TLDR this, but the Buddhist is like, have given a talk, the Buddha, not the Buddhist. I mean, he's the original Buddhist because he's the Buddhist, <laughs> but oh, the, the Buddha's giving a talk. This demon, Mara, comes to visit and is like effing everything up, like knocking over chairs, spilling the tea. And the Buddha's like dudes, his like crew is like, yo, you want us to get rid of Mara? And he's like, no, come on. Invite Mara in for tea. Right. And so they sit and they talk and they hang out. Maybe they watch a show. Maybe they share their favorite TikToks. Yeah. Right. And he has tea with Mara. And that's that is nervous system work. Right. That is attachment work is is don't just label the demon bad and get rid of it. Invited it. Or a goddamn cup of tea. Right. Right. I'm I'm really loving like a little throat coat right now this time of year. A little breathe easy. Right. Just arguably the dirtiest tea. Throat coat. Like, are you you kidding me? You like that? It's at work. And every time I see it, I'm like, blink. I see you. Get a nice throat coat before I go to lunch. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a pearl necklace that goes great with your throat coat. snap we went from full nerd to full perv in like two seconds because it's how we do every month absolutely Uh so funny Uh yep but that makes so much sense and when you were talking about identifying it in your body like i I know my avoidant feeling now. I don't know if I know my anxious one because she's so Mm. familiar. (laughs) But uh, my avoidant one, I know that she's wrong usually. So I can like Mm. feel when she like pops up and it's like right here in my chest. And I do like fast things that I like apologize for within three minutes because I know that what Mm. I just did was like an asshole move. But wait, I, but, but wait, can I pause you though? I know you're gonna get mad at me for girl. I mean, talking, I get loving. You're like, gonna I'm love gonna me talk. out of my mean talk. I'm gonna love you out of your mean talk. Yeah, yeah welcome to Compassion Station USA.com. Come on now, you are perfect and amazing. And she's never wrong, she's just living from a different script, mm-hmm. always and forever. I get it. I get it. You you do asshole right. shit. I do asshole shit. We do stuff we don't want to do, but it, but it's coming from love. Right. Right. She's not wrong. It's just her actions don't align with the current goal, mm-hmm. which is to be love. Right. Be kindness. 
that. Fuck. Like, fuck. When ugh, she's not oh. wrong. She's not wrong. So when somebody tells me for making it about me, yeah. when somebody <laughs> okay. tells me still. I'm wrong, like, no, you yeah. don't need to be afraid. Like, no. Mm-hmm. Don't be, you're wrong. Like, they're going to come back. They're going to be fine. You're wrong. Or, like, you should, whatever, this, mm-hmm. that, or the other. Mm-hmm. But it feels right in my yeah. body, in mm-hmm. a way. It feels right to a part of me. So mm-hmm. when somebody just tells me it's wrong, it's like, that makes it worse. Right. <laughs> yeah. so, so this script yeah. is just the one that we've identified with up until this point? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's the script that kept us from dying when we were little babies. Right? Because remember, a giraffe is born and it's like up walking around, you know, like selling shit at Toys R Us within like minutes. (laughs) Within minutes. It's employed immediately. (laughs) Immediately or sooner. Right? Meanwhile, we're pretty, I mean, we're adorable, but we're pretty useless for a really long time. Right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We can't, you know. Can't sell anything. <laughs> Can't sell a goddamn. We are a failure to capitalism. Yeah. Let's just call that out. So get on it, children. Yeah, we can't. We can't do nothing. Mm-hmm. And right. so we need to. We are meaning making machines. So we need to start telling stories. Mm-hmm. And we will continue to work from those scripts because memory consolidation window, right? When we didn't know what that was, circa twelve minutes ago. We were living in it, and we were strengthening the neural grooves that say, "I'm not safe unless I cling to you." I'm not safe unless I push you away. I'm not safe. I'm not safe. I'm not safe. I'm not safe. Mm-hmm. And we just didn't know what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But now we're learning. Now we know. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh-huh. And so we can even reframe. Oh, that was an asshole thing to do as that was uh, that behavior, those words, that choice was not me in my dignity was not me in my integrity, was not me in my values. But it was a part of me trying to love me best it can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Hurts. That one. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Bookmark that one. Yeah. Yeah. Star that. Yeah. Star, I'm going to start it. T-shirts. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. I'm wondering if we could talk about maybe some of the other ways that avoidant and anxious attachments show up that we might not even realize are that and that we say like, oh, I'm just an asshole or, oh, I'm just this. Are there any Mm. other common ways that those can come up in our life? And the the one I see the most uh, with my clients, you know, who are, are working through their emotional outsourcing and working to source love from within uh is the i'm fine Mm. that's a huge one i did that forever i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine and what it is is that shutdown that dorsal freeze that disconnect within aligning with avoidant attachment to say no one can and will show up for me i have to do and be everything for and by myself i'm fine i'm fine it's fine don't worry about it it's fine i don't care it's fine Right. The next thing in like a like a dating romantic or with your friends, too, is not having opinions when you have opinions. Right. Mm -hmm. Hey, where do you want to go to dinner? Oh, I I don't I don't care. Whatever. Mm 
And like sometimes, right, we always need to be thoughtful. You know, I'm always out here being like the Instagram is teaching you that everything's a trauma response. Everything's terrible. Everything's bad. Sometimes you're just a person who doesn't have an opinion because like you're tired or you have your period or like your period's late or like whatever your shoes are too tight. And like you just you can't be bothered. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, again, discernment. Sometimes it's I don't want you to ever think poorly of me or to think I'm wrong or to think I messed up. So if I don't have an opinion, then there's nothing you can hold against me. You can't ever tell me I picked a bad restaurant. You can never be disappointed in me. You can never think poorly of me or think less of me. So I will subsume me in service of what I believe and imagine you will think of me towards the goal of safety. And that's anxious attachment? (laughs) It It can come from either, really. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to avoid having an opinion. Um, and then you, you, you don't have nothing on me, right? You can't come for me, mm-hmm. right? Because when we're not securely attached within ourselves, someone naming our vulnerabilities, naming things that, that hit, you know, cut close to the quick, can feel like an attack and can feel very dangerous, mm-hmm. right? When we're not grounded in self. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. So that self-protective desire comes from there. Mm-hmm. Comes from that, from like, I need to keep myself from being wounded by you because I don't know how to, again, protect or take care. Mm-hmm. And when we don't actually know how to do either, all we do is claws out or soft underbelly. Mm-hmm. Right. I have no opinion. I don't exist. I'm not real. I'm not authentic. I'm not a person with preferences and ideas and thoughts and you have it all for us, which leads to some really problematic power, you know, issues in yeah. relation, mm-hmm. not the sexy kind. Because <laughs> I'm out yeah. here for the sexy power. Sexy kind. Yeah. Exactly. That right? was the next question that was coming up for me was how Ooh. do our relationships tend to look in each of these types of attachment, including secure Mm-hmm. Yeah, insecure. There's 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 interdependence, mm-hmm. right? It, true interdependence requires secure attachment, or building towards interdependence enables secure attachment. Secure attachment with self enables a deeper interdependence. They are in fact interdependent. <laughs> um, meanwhile, avoidant or anxious can be a more codependent framework, mm-hmm. where again, the, our definition of codependency is chronically and habitually sourcing our sense of worth, validation, and wellness from everyone and everything outside of ourselves instead of from within, mm-hmm. right? So they're both not self stances. Secure attachment, that's a self stance. Avoidant or anxious, not self, mm-hmm. right? The, the locus of your experience is not within you. It's within someone else. And it's the pushing away or the grasping, mm-hmm. Right. That that is what creates your felt sense of self. Oof, yuck, right? Because then what happens when there's conflict? Right, what yeah. happens when there is disagreement? What happens when someone leaves? Yikes. Mm-hmm. So anxious looks like that grasping. When are you coming home? When can we hang out? What do you want to do? You want to go on vacation? What do you want to do? What do you? Uh, 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 don't leave. Mm-hmm. I don't trust that I'm safe if you leave. Mm-hmm. And avoidant is I'm. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. We could hang out on Friday. But even when a little voice inside you is like, oh, I really, I really like this person and I'd really like to hang out. 
when when they move towards you, that protective stance is like, I mean, sure, we could hang out. I mean, I might actually be busy Friday. You're not busy. <laughs> you don't have play. There's a tridemic. Yeah, you're, not, you're home alone watching Disney Plus. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> I know what you're doing. I can see your Google calendar. <laughs> and it Google says gluten-free frozen pizza Disney Plus on Friday night. But instead, you're like, oh, I mean, I don't know. I might be busy. Yeah, because you you don't want to look too available because available is an unprotected stance in your mm-hmm. nervous system. Mm-hmm. Yes. What? Because then you make the plans and they don't show up. They mm-hmm. make the plans and they don't praise you. They make you right. Mm-hmm. So it's safer to just not make the plans, not connect, mm-hmm. not show up, right. right? Ghost someone, not text back. Mm-hmm. Like have an amazing date, an amazing sex, and an amazing, and then you go to put a little heart on their last text message and something inside you goes, oh, you did. Right? Mm-hmm. Right? Whereas anxious is like, all the hearts, all the hi, hi. And secure, like, oh, why do I want to? Okay, so right, this is just coming to me. Part of the intentionality of secure attachment is asking, is, is a conceptualization of self and the world based in deep, grounded curiosity. Why do I want to put a heart on the message? Why do I want to reach out? Not in a like, again, that the internet encourages us to like be way too right. na- navel gazy. Mm-hmm. Like not that, not the like self-flagellation of why am I doing it? <laughs> but rather the gentle, loving, curious question asking. Hey, babe, what's your intention here? What's your why? And then my favorite question, do I like my why? Love that question. I ask it a thousand times a day. Do I like my reason why? And if you don't, you don't like your reason why, oh, I, I want to reach out because I want to make sure they're there, right? Or I don't want to reach out because I don't want to seem like I'm too there. Then p- make, make a different choice. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think the other thing that we can sort of track on top of this is how we were met as newborns and toddlers so anxious tends to track with folks who didn't, who have what's, what's like a nourishment gap. Yeah. Where they didn't get, they, we didn't get the kind of nourishment we needed as children. We weren't met. Right. And so we're always seeking, you know, before doing this work, I was constantly seeking like a, a solid object to like ground me. To, to push against, to help me feel like it was safe and okay for me to be alive and on the planet and like here, present. And so that's what all the grasping was for. Mm-hmm. Reassure me that I'm alive, that I'm okay, that it, I can land. Does that make English? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the flip, the avoidant can often come from, it, it, I mean, all the things can come come from all the experiences, right? Mm-hmm. It's just how you're, it's like trauma is not what happened. It's how your, your nervous system processed it. Mm-hmm. Some people go to war, they're like, come back totally fine. And then some don't, right? Mm-hmm. Or like siblings in the same household, one will be super traumatized and one's like, okay, whatever, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh man, that sucked, mm-hmm. but not right in a trauma response. But the same thing. So what tends to track is avoiding att- attachment often will track with, um, with smothering, with enmeshment, with that angle of codependency where, right, like a, a parent or caregiver figure is too much 
in your shit or making you their therapist, uh, triangulating, which is when, you know, just picture a triangle, like you're at the top and two people who should have their own relationship, for example, two parental caregivers, right, put you in the middle. And so being too connected, being too much interrelating is too much. Mm-hmm. So we avoid it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that too is like the experience I had this weekend of like, oh, are you, are you not in connection the same way I am? That made me anxious. And now I'm, I'm going to withdraw myself mm-hmm. for my protection. But there was, I'll also own, there was like this slight, hint of like well fuck you then like I just gave you all this vulnerability all this open heart like if you're not going to hold it then uh, uh, honestly a touch of bafangul you know what I mean <laughs> right mm-hmm. yeah yeah I get yeah but luckily too. just a whisper now right yeah a whisper a whisper <laughs> A little oh, drizzle. Stop. Just a drizzle. <laughs> Just a drizzle. Just a drizzle of A glaze hole. on top. Yes. Oh my God, I love it. The donut of your experience with a glaze of avoidance. Glaze of avoidance. Mm-hmm. What does it look like if someone is secure and someone is insecure? What do those relationships look like and do they last? Can you bring someone up with you to yeah. like a secure attachment or is that just... Yeah, there has to be willingness right. on the part of the person who, who has the insecure attachment. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to be willing to, to recognize where they're coming from and to have that, that desire and, most importantly, the capacity within their nervous system to grow and change. So we'll, we'll nervous system nerd, and then we'll come back for the question. So within the nervous system, there is a term that the literature calls the window of tolerance. So it's how many inputs can your nervous system tolerate uh, and have you stay in ventral vagal, the safe and social part of the nervous system, right? Where we're chill, we're cool, we're ideating, we're connecting, we're, we're here, we're in presence. And then, okay, my favorite example is you're driving on I-95, which is just generally a terrible idea because it goes <laughs> through the great state of Rhode Island and we can't fucking drive. And so <laughs> one Rhode Island asshole cuts you off and you're like, Ugh, rude but you're fine. You're grounded. You're, you're in yourself. The next person cuts you off. You're getting annoyed. The third, you're like, you know, honking the horn. You're screaming out the window. You're giving them the hand, right? You have left your window of what you can tolerate. Mm -hmm. Now, as someone who works with human socializes women to overcome codependency, I'm not out here trying to talk to anybody about tolerating nothing, Because that's like our whole lives is tolerating, tolerating, tolerating. We're way too good at it. So I like to talk about our window of capacity or what my teacher Jane Clapp calls our window of bodily dignity. I love how much we're using the word dignity today. That feels Mm -hmm. good. Doesn't it feel good? Mm -hmm. It feels really good. So what can come into my system and I will still stay in my dignity with me and with the world, right? So that window of capacity or dignity is, is the measure by which it's sort of like the container for how, you know, it's our comfort zone, right? It's like what is comfortable to our nervous system and what is expanding the parameters just a bit. And notice mama didn't say push, mm-hmm. right? Because in my world, we do not push. We don't push our nervous systems. We don't push our inner children. We meet them lovingly and invite them in for tea, mm-hmm. right? So 
doing nervous system work, somatic work, combined with thought work, right? All of it all together helps us to expand what can feel safe to our nervous system and allow us to show up. You know, my, my spine just went straight in saying it, right? I wanted to sit up to say the word dignity, right? With our, our head held, to, held high, chest out, grounded in ourselves. And we can expand that capacity. I have... My, my attachment was wicked insecure. Once again, hella insecure for the West Coast. And so translation, it's really important. Accessibility, just honoring our difference. Mm-hmm. You, know our what I, you know what I'm, right? yeah. you know what I'm talking about. You know how it is around here. It's how we do when honey do me and feminist wellness come together Absolutely. and make sweet podcast love. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. So uh, yeah, wicked hella insecure. And so I got to really ground my nervous system in felt safety of my own creation and begin to lean into the friends and helpers, right? And therapists and coaches and others who could support me and create a safer container for my own expansion. And like hours and hours of meditating, let's also be real, right? Mm -hmm. To expand that capacity. So you proposed... Partner A is insecure, partner B is secure as their predominant types. Is there hope here? And I do believe there is. If partner B has the capacity in their nervous system to be patient, right? To be emotionally generous, to be just willing, mm-hmm. right? To, to hold, to be the solid object, to hold that safer container for partner A to flail just a little bit, right? And partner A needs the willingness, the attentiveness to self, the desire to do this work, right? And really that capacity to put your ego aside just a bit and to not, so this comes back to, right, the bad asshole, to pause and recognize, okay, ego, this is not like the whole of myself reacting this way. It's just a part. It's just a part. So let's honor that part and expand. And so I think as long as everyone's actually dedicated to growth and dedicated to doing their work, whatever that looks like for them, there's as many paths as there are humans, then I think there's hope. Mm-hmm. I think there absolutely is hope. What are some steps that an insecurely attached person, if that's your primary attachment style, um, could start working towards secure attachment? Yeah, awareness, acceptance, action, right? We're always going to go there. Um, you can't change what you can't see. And so if you don't realize like, oh, right, like the way I did last night where I was like, oh, okay, that's, I'm having, I'm having a little, little deviation from the norm here. Uh, and I, I can feel that in my body. So I can name that out loud, but that's like ninja level. (laughs) That is, that is seminar level, right? Mm -hmm. So like, what's the 101 is, is self-awareness is coming into an awareness of what your own pathways are, your neural pathways. What, what the, what is the easy story for your brain to go to? That's, that's a great guiding question, right? Like I'm suddenly things don't feel good in this relating what is the story I'm telling, right? What is my go-to narrative? Mm-hmm. 
Next, we can get curious about where it came from, but remember the difference between coaching and therapy, right? Therapy is amazing for helping us to create the stress, distress, and trauma PowerPoint and to understand where things came from. And I think it's it's invaluable work. And the work of coaching is to pick up in the here and now, in the present tense, and move us forward. So it's a choose your own adventure. If you are really curious about where it came from, the why, go to there, figure it out work with it, sit with it. At this point in my own growth, I can make you a trauma PowerPoint, right? And then when I was six, and, <laughs> and it, right? And it was yeah. really interesting for me in my 20s and maybe my early 30s. And at this point, I'm just like, all right, y'all, here here we are, mm-hmm. right? Like, let's let's move forward from here. So getting into awareness of what's coming up right now, what is the felt sensation and what is the story? where felt sensation literally means that. So like earlier, I shared what secure attachment feels like in my body. What does anxious attachment feel like in your body, right? For me, it's being over-caffeinated. It's a very similar, like, right? Like, uh, like I can't ground, I can't settle. Like I'm just not, right? Does that, it's it's itchy, it's scratchy, it's Mm -hmm. graspy, right? Again, so much Buddhist light in here. Uh, It's graspy versus that secure attachment that's more from acceptance, grounded acceptance of what is, of life being lifey and being itself. Um, So that's where I would start, is that felt sensation awareness combined with curiosity around your narratives. Mm -hmm. And then starting, and I I would always start with the body, but we got to bring the mind along for the ride, right? Starting to shift the story. I don't feel secure or safe here. And instead of focusing outward, first I'm going to focus inward. How can I take care and and be deeply engaged in a process of inner caretaking to support myself, right? Mm -hmm. And once we feel grounded and secure in ourselves more and more often, you didn't hear me say always. I shan't say always. (laughs) Right. Because it's not that's not science. Mm -hmm. That's not right. That's not how it works. But when the predominance of our time is felt is is felt as uh, a more secure attachment with self, a grounding in self, then we will relate outward the way we relate inward. So that's where I would start. Mm -hmm. What do you think? It's a good place to start. That's a great place place to start. start. Okay, Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. That brought up a little question for me, and I don't know if it's just like a pondering type question. Do you think that you need to know where it came from to work through it? Like, do you need to revisit your trauma to work through it? The studies say no, Mm -hmm. right? So my training is in sensory motor psychotherapy as a coach, which is Pat Ogden's work, uh, and in somatic experiencing, which is Peter Levine's work. And, And both Peter and Pat would say no, and the evidence base would say no. I think Gabor Mate would like we can point to a lot of of thought leaders and practice leaders in in the study of trauma and uh, its healing. You don't have to tell the story, right? Sometimes we want to, and sometimes we want to because we've been told that we should, right? That sort of Freudian Jungian lie on the couch and tell all the all the tales kind of story is is in our mind and bodies. It's in the movies. It's in the shows. It's right? It's the media shapes us, right? The stories we live in and with shape us and our understanding of self in the world. But I'm about to go on a whole 
other tangent, <laughs> reining the brain in. Um, I do not believe that we need to tell the story to be able to shift the lived experience. That's what somatics does. It brings us into the here and now and says from here, what you're going to do about it, mm-hmm. how you're going to be about it. Right. And that for me has been the most life-changing work. Mm-hmm. So, so in my own coaching, someone will be telling, telling a story. They'll be in a narrative. They'll be in their head. And I'll say, shh, baby, pause. Let's put story aside, come into your body. And then they're, they'll move their hand in a certain way. And I'll say, excellent. Come back to that movement. Repeat that movement slowly and allow yourself to drop in. And then the tears come. Then the, the felt experience, the emotion comes with these slow, subtle movements that are the body working out the, the nervous system dysregulation. And that doesn't require any story. In fact, story, ego, right? It, it takes us out of self and is this outward expression. Whereas somatics coming back to the body allows us to work out what was, what was, what is held in the body and will come out sideways if we don't give it a, a direct route out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Is that what you were mm-hmm. yeah. hoping? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. I'm so, yes. I'm so glad I, I gave you what you were looking for. Yes. It's always our goal around here, huh? It really is. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for going over all of that. It's just oh, my pleasure. Everything that you say is so groundbreaking to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Absolutely. Thank you for setting up my day to be, I don't know, just better. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> yes. Expansive. 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 Dignified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a reminder, because you expand all of our listeners' lives and they all love you just as much as we do, where can they connect with you after this episode? Mm, thank you. So uh, you can follow me on the gram. I give good gram at Victoria Albina Wellness. You can head over to my website, victoriaalbina.com slash honeydew me. And you can download a whole suite of meditations and nervous system orienting exercises right there. Uh, the price is free 99 <laughs> just for you and your listeners, because I love you. And I want, I want to support you in grounding yourself and, and showing up in presence, which is where our secure attachment comes from and comes back to. It's all about presence. We're doing all these dances out there in the world. It's all about <laughs> presence. Um, and my my podcast, I forgot the word podcast for a second, which is cute because I'm on, <laughs> on a podcast, podcast. Um, right? Uh, that thing I do where I talk into a microphone every week is called Feminist Wellness. It's for humans of all genders, and it is also free every single Thursday. So check it out. Drum roll, please. Did you guess anxious <laughs> as fuck? As fuck, you would be wrong. I'm completely secure. I am 100% secure in every in aspect every of my life. If I had a dime, though, for how much, how many times I thought that I had reached secure while I was single, only well, to be introduced <laughs> to a relationship, uh, yeah, I was wrong. I would have a lot of dimes. Yeah, and do you want to know the only type of people Emma and I tend to find ourselves in relationship yeah. with? Mm-hmm. Avoidant! Yeah. <laughs> Which is so curious. So cur- curious. That's the curiouser. next thing we should break down is like 
the partners we seek when we're mm-hmm. in the attachment styles we're in. Yeah. I mean, I could guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could ponder it. Yeah. But I wonder why. Yeah. That's a question I think we could ask next time. And Victoria is going to come back mm-hmm. on again and again and again, again and because again for we have eternity. so much of ourselves to burn to the ground and learn about. Yeah. Um, so if you have questions for her, please DM them to us, email mm-hmm. them to us at podcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah. Yes. We want your questions and so does Victoria. Sure do. So thank you, Victoria, mm-hmm. for being on the podcast today. And thank you to our listeners for rocking another week with us. <laughs> rocking and stocking with rocking us. Rocking and stocking. <laughs> I have a funny, <laughs> so I watched a stand-up, uh-huh. and um, he was impersonating uh, Bill Clinton, uh-huh. and he was like, yeah, blah, 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 when in Rome, saxophone, and that's my new favorite thing to say. I love that. Uh, Jürgen and I have been saying bananas, potatoes. Yeah, you have. And out to lunch. <laughs> I'm just sprinkling in some out old- Out to lunch is our absolute favorite. They are out to lunch. They are out to lunch. That is out to lunch. I can think of nothing more mild to express disdain. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, Head on over to Apple Podcasts to rate, review, and subscribe to Honey Do Me. Uh, Leave us a written review. Leave whatever emoji. Saxophone. (laughs) Sure, leave a saxophone. (laughs) Is that an emoji? Yeah, I think so. Some type of jazz flute. A wind instrument is definitely an emoji. (laughs) A wind instrument. (laughs) Um. Right here. Um, Neither one of us whistled. <laughs> I can't whistle well. Please keep going. Anyways, you can also rate us on Spotify, and that's the end yeah. of my spiel. Spiel. Uh, bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. See you next week. Fuck. One. One. Two. two three. three.